we're going to go back to the word that never, never grows old. Amen. So thankful for the word of God tonight. I hope I don't bore you. After last Wednesday night, I was kind of worried. I did such a pitiful job. I'll try to do better tonight. But if you can open to the book of Ephesians, the sixth chapter, we have been looking at the armor of God or the armor that God has provided for us. And I want to go a little further tonight. Amen. If you'll help me. See, when I slow down and I start just talking, some of you go to sleep. So I thought I might bring some water balloons one night and just... But if, if my throwing is as bad as my golf game right now, I'd hit the wrong person. So I wouldn't want to do that. But I'm just kidding. I hope I don't put anybody to sleep tonight. Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on. Everybody say, put on. Put on the whole armor of God. What Paul is talking about is intentional, not accidental. It's intentional. You have to do this. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. Notice the change. First he said, put on. Now he says, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And everybody said amen. Verse number 15, And your feet shod, with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Everybody may be seated. I certainly do not want to belabor the point of this particular subject, but I do feel that there is a vital message, at least the Lord has talked to me, concerning uh, the text that we have read from for the last few Wednesday nights. I know that uh, it is difficult to determine the exact meaning of all that is laid before us in our text. 
And I do not presume to have received some perfect understanding of the subject, but I have been enlightened, and I want to share that enlightenment with you. What is certain is that Paul figured himself to be a soldier, clad in the manner of a soldier, dressed as appropriate as it was. And he indicates that we as Christians, too, should resemble that soldier. A good soldier is going to be a well-dressed soldier. And we are given in this passage of Ephesians a full-length picture, not a facial shot or a torso or a hand or an arm, but a full-length picture of a Roman soldier from head to foot. And the picture is of one who is fully armed and prepared. And the parts that are mentioned, interestingly, are of the defensive type. There is only one, or perhaps if you believe like I do, there are two offensive weapons that are mentioned in this text. The majority of the things that Paul alluded to were defensive armor. They were for the protection of the body. They were so that you could survive the battles of life. And one cannot be successful in this conflict of life without these things. All that Paul mentions, the whole armor of God. You can't pick or choose. You need it all. Everybody say, I need it all. Amen. I need it all. And his image of the armor is instructive as well as enlightening if I am going to succeed in the Christian life. And he is very definitive in his description. It is interesting the things that he ties together with the particular piece of armor that he is referencing, all of them speak a valuable truth to us. This is a completely different message in itself, but Paul lists the equipment that is needed for the war of life, and that is truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation. You can't get any better than that. That's five things. Five is the number of grace. God made sure that we had everything we needed in this thing called life. But my attention has been drawn not to the armor or the particular piece of armor, but I have been mesmerized. I I have been stirred by what that piece of armor is protecting and what God tied with that armor or what Paul tied with that armor, and in essence said, if you're going to need help in this area, this is what you're going to have to have to, to deal with life. And so we, we talked one Wednesday night about the, the girding of our loins, and the girdle or the, what, the reference that was made there was to the apparatus that literally tied everything together. And Paul said we must gird ourselves with truth. The only thing 
that will hold all of life together is the truth. And if you ever deviate from that or you ever slip away from the truth, life will fall apart on you. You cannot compromise in the area of truth. The the writer Solomon said, buy the truth and sell it not. Last Wednesday night we talked to you about the breastplate of righteousness. And for some of you, perhaps it was a shock. But I made mention last week that many of us have heard through our life that God only gave us armor to protect our front. He never gave us anything to protect our backside so that we couldn't retreat. That's not true. God's armor is complete. And the breastplate that was mentioned here was a two-sided piece that protected not only what was before you, but what could slip up on your backside. And the only thing that can protect you in all areas of life is righteousness. And that's rightness of life. That's living life according to God's standard. Not mine, not yours, not what the government says, not what conventional wisdom says, but living my life according to God's standard. That rule of righteousness I live my life under that umbrella, not my own righteousness. Don't misunderstand me. I think most of you are aware that our own righteousness is as filthy rags. It is his righteousness. So the beauty of this piece of of, of armor is that I get to stand in something that I didn't do, but he did. And that's where a lot of people in trying to live for God get messed up. Because they try to live for God in what they can do. And I've come to tell you tonight, I cannot live for God in what I can do. But I come here tonight to stand under a canopy of righteousness that He has put upon me. That He has, the Bible says, He imputed that to me. He gave that to me. What He accomplished, what He overcome. So when I come to stand before God, I don't come to stand before Him in what I've accomplished. I come to stand under the umbrella of what He has done for me. And what He will continue to do through me is as I live my life for Him. And so tonight, we're going to go to this third piece of armor that's found in verse number 15. And he talks about having our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The Greek literally says, having underbound the feet. Having underbound the feet. And at the focus of Paul's thought were the sandals or the shoes which were worn by the soldier. One part of his dress or preparation consisted in these... uh, One translation says they were... Greaves. They protected not only the feet, but the ankles and the legs as well. They were made of brass and leather, and they were fitted with great nails or spikes so that the soldier would be able to gain footing when he was in the midst of battle and he would have a grip, so to speak, kind of like polygrip, you know. Some of you need to smile. You're not, I hope I'm not going to weigh you down tonight. But uh, they, they had these spikes that would dig into the ground so that 
uh, it would enable the soldier to stand and not be pushed or knocked down by the adversary or the things that came with him. Not only that, but they were the covering of the feet and legs to defend those legs and feet from danger. They could bear them safely through any obstruction or trial that they might encounter because they were built to do that. They were designed to protect the feet and the the, the legs from the knee down. And whatever would come against them, whatever would oppose their progress, these shoes were designed to keep them standing in the midst of every adversity. It was the tactic of the enemy as it has been even in modern warfare, to sabotage the way of the soldier with landmines or booby traps. Even in those historic times, they would, they, they would plant under the surface, in the shallowness of the dirt, they would plant grass or, or, or glass or sharp stones or objects that if a soldier was not properly arrayed for battle. He would soon be wounded and fall out of the ranks and become a non-problem for them or an easy prey. And so, as then and even now, the enemy tactic is to place in our path things that would cause us to stumble or things that would cause us to be wounded or hurt are somehow thrown off of our stride. Even without an enemy, the way of life in itself is rough and rugged and difficult and hard. And so these sandals were one of the most important parts of the equipment that a soldier could have because the protection of the feet was essential for the soldier to do battle. The safety of the feet and the life of the soldier depended on his feet. They were to preserve the foot from danger. And they were to secure his capability to march on and to make him firm in the day of conflict. So let's talk about feet tonight. Amen. And so I I thought it would be interesting to find out what Google had to say about my feet and your feet. And in one quick search, I discovered from two separate doctors, two separate clinical studies, that there are many. One person said there are 18 things that can show the health of your body through your feet, 18 indicators in your feet that can show the health of your body. I thought it interesting of what one doctor said. He said, although the feet may seem like the stepchild of the human body, you may want to pay more attention to them because authorities on foot health say that keeping an eye on your feet is just as important as keeping an eye on your overall health. Your feet can signal problems with undiagnosed diabetes, cardiovascular disease, kidney disease, and even cancer. That means that watching your feet can help you catch an undiagnosed condition before they do permanent damage. So instead of ignoring the feet, 
We need to be paying attention to what our feet are saying to us. I thought it was interesting. I, I didn't want to underscore everything, but in a, in, in a quick check, he said what may take, what may, what want to take a simple 10 second check on the state of your health, he said sneak a, a, sneak a peek at your feet. And he goes on to say that together they contain a quarter of the body's muscles, bones, and they have, each foot has 33 joints, 100 tendons, muscles, and, and, and ligaments, and countless nerves, blood cells that link all the way to the heart, spine, and brain. Unresolved foot problems can have unexpected consequences. And he names a number of them that are indications. Sore feet, cold feet. Oh, I don't have time to go into all of them, but he tells about what they are. Numbness in your feet. Unable to lift your foot. Feet that are really painful to walk on. And a number of other things he mentioned that are indications of the health of the human body. So when Paul was considering this whole thing about Christian life and living, he said, I want to make sure that you understand how critical it is that you don't overlook this one particular facet of the armor. And that is that you shod your feet or you put on your feet the preparation of the gospel of peace because it is the only thing that can keep you from the wounds that can set you down in life. So let's talk about the spiritual journey and how your feet are going to play in to the success or failure of your spiritual journey. Long before there was a store called Happy Feet, God tried to help us understand the importance of paying attention to those appendages that we often overlook. You see the feet, most of our feet, uh, I would dare say all of our feet are ugly. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you can say about them. I've never seen really pretty feet. They're not there for prettiness. They're not there for beauty. They're there for other reasons. But they are unnoticed. They are overlooked. They are uncomely. They are feeble. They are unthought of. And oftentimes our feet are abused and they are mistreated. But I want to tell you this tonight. So goes the feet. So goes the battle. As your feet are, so shall the battle be. And if your feet are unprepared for life, and your feet are unprepared for battle, you are unprepared for life, and you are unprepared for battle. Any soldiers in the house tonight? How many soldiers do we have here? I mean military soldiers, not just Christian soldiers. Brother Brown. My father-in-law. Anybody else? I know we've got a lot more. Brother Brown, can you tell me, what did the military tell you about your feet when you got in? Did they tell you anything about them? About your shoes and about your feet? Keep them dry. Why? But why, so, why such an interest in your feet? Something that's so ugly. Something that's so deformed. I mean, my toes grow three different ways. Because every general knows 
that his army is only as strong as their feet are. And they can only march as far as their feet will take them. And they can only stand as much as their feet can help them to stand. So, tonight, it is important that we understand that the feet represent the foundation that holds the rest of the body up. And if the feet are weak, or if the feet are wounded, or if the feet are hurt, then the entire foundation of the body is affected. It doesn't matter how much my heart tells me I can do and my brain can figure out what I can do. If my feet can't take me there, whatever's in my heart and my head is wasted. So it doesn't matter how much you know about God and it doesn't matter how many lectures you can give on the Godhead. If your feet are unsound and if your feet are not properly cared for and they do not wear the proper armor, you are susceptible to the many tricks that the devil will play on you in your spiritual life. So much is at stake the foundational issues of life, the basis of our being. What is under you is holding you. It's holding you up. And the stability or sure-footedness of the believer is founded in his feet. And there is nothing that can hinder you. There is nothing that can stop you. There is nothing that can slow you down like crippled feet. I don't care if Dillard's got a 95% off. If your feet are hurting you, if your feet are wounded, I don't care if Walmart's giving gas away. If your feet won't get you there, it doesn't matter what's available. You see, folks, it doesn't really matter what God put in this book. If our feet aren't strong enough to take us to it. It doesn't matter how many promises God made. If we don't have the boldness to step out on that and say that promise is mine. It's just black and white paper and print. What was the promise that God made to Israel when they came to the promised land? Deuteronomy chapter 11 He said, everywhere that the sole of your foot shall tread, I'll give it to you. So if your feet can't take you there, God can't give it to you. And the only way our feet are going to get us to where we need to go and what God has for us is that we take care of them. And we make sure that we prepare them with the right kind of armor. And we put on them the thing that will help us get through whatever life would throw at us. What God has given you to keep you from being crippled in life is very important. And that's what Paul is really talking about. He, when he talks about having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, he is saying... This alone, 
will keep you from being crippled in life. And that is the gospel of peace. Crippled by hurts, crippled by fears, crippled by battles, crippled in life. What God has given you to keep you from being crippled is this good news right here. Amen. And that good news can keep you in spite of everything that's against you. It can keep you standing. It can keep you walking. It can keep you running. It can keep you going. This good word, this good news. Wounded feet cannot take you to new territory. And wounded feet cannot cause you to ascend to new heights. Feet are naturally tender. They can be wounded easily and they can be hurt easily. That's why Paul said it's important that you put on the sandals, the gospel of peace. When your feet get hurt, you're going to stop. You're going to sit down. You're not going any further. I don't care if there's a million dollars out there. If your feet are crippled, you're never going to possess it. What we must understand tonight is the important part that our feet play in our life journey. And God said, the protection that I have given you so that your feet will stand firm, so that your feet will get a grip in life, is the good news, the gospel of peace. Or the gospel that produces peace is what the literal translation says. The gospel, the good news. Everybody say the gospel. The thing that protects me from hurts, wounds, troubles, adversities, crosses, afflictions, troubles of every kind in this life is the gospel of peace. Everybody say it protects me. The gospel is what enables me, listen to me, it's what enables me to handle the hard places of life. The hard things of life. The Bible says nothing can separate me from the love of God. Now I'm not real smart, but I am smart enough to understand that by Paul stating that, he was trying to help you understand that there is something that's working that's trying to separate you from the love of God. And when he said in Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for the good to them who love the Lord, who are the call according to his purpose. He was trying to help you understand that there are things that are happening that are trying to convince you that none of this stuff is working for your good and none of this stuff makes sense. But the gospel is the difference. This book right here is what keeps me standing. Because every time the devil comes by and tries to wound me in my feet by lying to me and telling me, you know what, you're just a no good for nothing scoundrel. You don't, God doesn't love you. I can pick up this book and I can open its pages and read. For God so loved the world. I'm part of the world. I, 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 
I may be an ugly part. I may be a miserable bad part of it, but I'm still part of it. And God so loved the world. I go in this book and I find that God is for me, not against me. I read in this book that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. When I pick up this gospel and I begin to read its pages, I find an empowerment coming to me and I find a strength going to my legs and to my feet that will cause me to stand up and say, you know what? I am better than this. I am coming out of this. I am coming through this. I will win the victory over this. Amen. And it's not just good news, it's the good news that brings peace. What a thought. The good news that brings peace. What I need for the rough places in life is the good news. Amen. What I need in the hard times of life is the blood, water, and spirit. What I need for difficult days is mercy and truth. What I need for dark nights are grace and goodness. What I need when I am weak and vulnerable is strength and help. And I find all of that in the Word of God. That's why I can stand on that Word. And when I stand on that Word, I am unmovable. I cannot be shaken. I cannot be deterred in my walk with God. Amen. Praise God. What I need for... For all that life throws at me is that what the gospel tells me. This book tells me, number one, that I am loved. It tells me, number two, that I am redeemed. I am valuable enough to God that he would pay the price to buy back my soul so that I would not be lost for eternity and I am redeemed. This gospel tells me not only am I redeemed, but I am blood-bought. He didn't just say it. He came and gave his blood so that I could be purchased by a price that could not be measured. He says in this gospel that I am an overcomer, that more I am more than a conqueror through him that loves me. He tells me in this book that I am covered. I am covered from my head to my toe by blood that cannot be penetrated, by blood that cannot be washed away, by blood that cannot be denied. This Bible tells me that I am protected. I am the apple of his eye. I'm not some prey for the devil to come running after whenever he gets hungry, but I am protected. I am the apple of his eye, and he's not going to let anything get to me that hasn't first come by him for approval. That's what this book's about. This book tells me that I am his, and he is mine. This book tells me that I am helped Everywhere I turn, the Lord is there to help me. On my right and on my left, in front of me and behind me, above me and beneath me. Praise God. He said, even if I make my bed in hell, thou art there, O God. It doesn't matter where you go in life or where life takes you. You can't get in a dark enough spot that God can't get to you. And God cannot help you. You cannot find yourself in a black enough night to feel like there's no hope for God to not shine a light into your life. Paul said, I I want you men to be of good cheer. It was dark 14 days without the sun shining. Everything was being lost. But he said, I want you to be of good cheer. This night, 
The angel of the Lord, whose I am, has stood by me and told me that everything's going to be all right. Ah, yes. How many times has God come into my life in such a storm? And he spoke peace to me and said, Son, you're still mine. You still have my name on you. You still have my blood covering you. I'm still protecting you. I'm still watching out for you. I I still have your address. I still know where you live. How many times has God come to me in the worst moment of my life and showed me how great his mercy can be? Hallelujah. Amen. My feet need protection. And the only thing that will protect your feet from stumbling is this good book right here, the gospel, the good news. Not only will it protect you, but Paul said it like this, the preparation of the gospel of peace. I not only need protection, I need to be prepared for life. And this book prepares me for life. It's better than any self-help guru that's ever lived. As a matter of fact, all self-help gurus get their inspiration from this book. Amen. As a man thinketh was written by a gentleman years ago. Got all kind of accolades. What got a lot of money off of it. A lot of your positive thinkers of the day were influenced by that book. That book's title came from this book right here. Solomon, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Amen. This book has been the number one bestseller in the world for years and still is, even now in a culture that has deviated from it, is still the number one selling book in the world. Why? Because it's the only thing that will protect you when you need... It's the only thing that will prepare you for life. You know what? I... I, I'll do anything I need to do to be better, and I will read all the books that I need to read to help me be better. But what I want to come back to is this book right here, because you can't get any better than this. Preparation. Everybody say preparation. The gospel will make our feet ready. Amen. Ready for what? Ready for action. Ready for battle. Ready to take new territory. Ready to march. Ready to go, ready to do, prompt, prepared, willing, eager, zealous, quick, enthusiastic, readiness. The attitude of the soldier as he advances in battle is what gives him the courage and determines the ability to fight. If he has a negative attitude, he's going to turn tail and run. But if he knows, hey man, we got this whipped, we're going to win this battle. When that attitude is there, that attitude is right. It's an attitude that gives courage and determination. The good news, the gospel, is what equips the soldier with this attitude. If you need an attitude adjustment, let me take you to the book that will help you the most with an attitude adjustment. If you've got a sour attitude, let me take you to a book that will help sweeten your attitude. Praise God. I'm enjoying this tonight. I don't know about you, but God's been so good to me. When I think about all the times that this book has helped me, I can't help but get excited. It has prepared me. 
It has made me ready. Preparedness comes from the inspiration of the gospel. And the, the message of the gospel is peace. That God is not at war with you. God is at war with your enemies. Mm. Ready. Ready to work. Ready to fight. Ready to stand against all armed trouble, difficulties, troubles of any kind or make. Ready for anything. Ready for anything. Any new duty. Any new opportunity. Ready to endure or ready to stand. Ready for any strain or stress of antagonism that may come against you. The readiness is drawn from this gospel of peace. And without it, we are disabled in service. Amen. My feet may be carrying the greatest cargo and the greatest message that's ever been known to man, but if they are wounded, they will not do what I need them to do. The soldier, listen to me, the soldier whose feet are well shod fears no road of life, none. He will go through thick or thin, foul or fair, stone or straw. It doesn't matter because he's equipped for the battle. He's sure-footed. He's firm. The soldier can battle better because he has on those sandals that make him ready for battle. They took stones from where the foot stood firm, the Bible says. I love that verse. It's the book of Joshua. When Israel came through the, the river Jordan and they passed over into the promised land, the Lord said, I want you to take stones out of the river and I want you to build a memorial so that in generations to come, when children come by, people of future generation, they ask, what does this mean? You can tell them about what happened on this day. And this is what the Bible said. Go read it. I've read it over and over again. He said, I want you to take the stones from the place where their foot stood firm. God does not want me building memorials out of my failures. He wants me building memorials and remembrances out of those sure places where I stood. You know what? All of us are going to slip at times, but that's not what I build my life on. What I build my life on is the fact that in spite of everything that hell could throw at me, I'm still standing. Uh, woo! <laughs> in spite of everything that life can throw at me, I'm still here. I got my hands up. I haven't given up. I haven't quit. I haven't turned back. I've lived long enough to see a lot of people that have come and gone, but I love to see you here because that means you're still standing. Amen. Come on, just stand right now. I need to stop. I'm getting carried away here tonight. The world is a hard place. It's a hard place. And the road of life is a hard road. There are a lot of stones and thorns. Life is full of all kind of afflictions and adversities. And God has given me what it takes to keep me from being crippled in my feet.